Dad. Can we pay the ghost? Pay the what? Welcome to a brand new episode of Exploit It, the show where we talk about exploitation and exploitation-adjacent films. I'm Alexis Jowski. And I paid the ghost a dollar and five cents, but she didn't think that was enough. I don't think that is. Ghost okay. here requires a lot of money. Yep. You know, inflation. Yeah. <laughs> it's this week we're talking about Pay the Ghost, 2015, directed by Uli Edel. When's Dad coming home? He should be on his way right now. This was your random pick from Tubi for Halloween. Yeah, that's our tradition. I was scrolling through, saw a Nicolas Cage movie, and said, this is one of his paycheck movies? Let's let's fucking do it. Oh, absolutely. This is a paycheck movie for Nicolas Cage. He did this, like, either the year before or the year after Left Behind. Yeah, it's definitely part of that era of Nicolas Cage's film career. Yeah, and this is our fifth Nicolas Cage movie. I mean, he's a he is the most regular of show regulars. Mm-hmm. And this director, Uli Ude, Uli Adel, well, he's German, obviously. <laughs> um, he did a lot of television. He directed an episode of Twin Peaks. He directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt that we won't see for a while because it's way the fuck over in season five. <laughs> that's 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 gonna be a little bit. Yeah, he came to fame with his 1981 film. 
called, and I'm going to fuck this up, Christine F. Verkinder von Bonhof Zoo? Bonhof Zoo? Yeah. It's just Christine F., which is about a 14-year-old heroin addict. Oh. Yeah, he went on from to do the, uh, the 1992 film Body of Evidence, the horribly unerotic erotic thriller with Madonna. I recall hearing about that movie, yes. Yeah, he did Confessions of a Sorority Girl, a 94 Showtime movie starring Alyssa Milano. That seems like something we may eventually get to. Yep, and he did The Little Vampire in 2000, which Tubi keeps recommending to me. <laughs> Before or after you watched this? After. Like, uh, the day after. It's like, hey, you watched this other weird movie by this German director, how about this one? Yeah. He also directed the Bader-Meinhof Complex, which was nominated for Best Foreign Film. Um, he won a Golden Globe for Best TV Movie in 1996 with Rasputin, Dark Servant of Destiny, which had Alan Rickman as Rasputin and Ian McKellen as Tsar Nicholas II. <laughs> that, that is a illustrious cast of knighted actors. Yeah. So, the film... That's Pay the Ghost. It's based off of a short story by an author named Tim Levin, who wrote the novelization for the film 30 Days of Night. He also wrote the novelizations for Cabin in the Woods and Kong Skull Island. <laughs> huh, so apparently that's his jam. Novelizations. Yeah. He's also well, got some of his originals. <laughs> look, much like Nick Cage, sometimes you just take the paycheck. Yep. And in this movie, Nicolas Cage plays Mike Lawford. The professor. A professor, yeah. We'll get into that. And we get his wife, who's Kristen, who's played by Sarah Wayne Callis, who's mostly known for her role as Laurie Grimes in The Walking Dead. Which I've never watched, so. Oh yeah, there's a whole Walking Dead universe now. I just, I have, I don't know, I've seen so many zombie movies that I just can't be arsed to watch. It's like seven seasons of fucking zombie shenanigans. I think I watched the first seven seasons and gave up. And I have not bothered with the three different spinoffs. I know people liked it. I think they especially liked the earlier seasons before. Well, <laughs> once again, they ran out of source material. No, well, they kept up the source material for a while. Yeah, not quite as bad as Game of Thrones. We're like, we have no more fucking books because George R. R. Martin doesn't know how to finish novels. So we're going to make shit up. Yeah, we're going off on our own now. Things yeah. going to get wacky. You got an outline, but it's like three words because it's George R. R. Martin. So, shame, Game of Thrones, yeah. shame. That's right. <laughs> so, before we get into Pay the Ghost, you know, you can always find more episodes at our website, www.exploititpodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends. Help get the word out. Follow us on Instagram at exploititpodcast. Follow us on the dying bird. That's right. You're going to follow us at exploit. Going to give it to you. <laughs> at podcast exploit. <laughs> yeah, hey, see, hey. And definitely join our exploited discord. The link is on the website where we do watch parties every week. But this week, uh, people got to watch, enjoy our watch party for Halloween Pussy Trap Kill Kill. Yes. That is a interesting film. Yep. We have an episode of that, which you can find. And. Our watch party this coming week is going to be Martin, oh. the George A. Romero film. So you can also email us at exploitedpodcast at gmail.com. So Pay the Ghost starts off way back in the fucking day. 
Yeah, we got some uh, good old fashioned witch burning. Even though yeah. it's not explicit, it is very heavily implied in at si- this point that is in fact what's going on. In 1679, which is so weird because before I watched this movie, like the day before, I was researching. I'm like, is there such a genre as American colonial gothic? And I started yeah. looking into that, and then here's this movie that's has an opening that's American colonial horror. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine any, uh, like, witch movie set in the Puritan era would qualify. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot that are set in that era. I mean, that's like straight up, that's like full core, but also, like, actually set in the time period. Yeah, <laughs> there's plenty period, of... Period Hulk full core. There's plenty of folk horror, but none that are actually, like, in the, like, 17th century. There's some interesting things about this movie that uh, I like what they did. But, um, yes, we do the the easy setup for a horror film with some witch trials, uh, you know, sort of shenanigans. Yeah, we got a bunch of little kids hiding in the basement. They listen to their mother mother being roughed around. Uh, Kids, I, I guess, they're in Halloween costumes. They're in Puritan-era Halloween costumes. Yeah, well, I mean... Slight spoiler for later, but they are, in fact, Celtic revivalists, so they're probably uh, Samhain ritual outfits. You know what? I did not research Samhain. I took this movie at face value with everything it said, and that's probably a bad thing. Yeah. Because once it goes into Celtic beliefs, I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) But so many movies just make that shit up. (laughs) I mean, Samhain's an actual thing, so... Yeah. So this one kid shouts, mother, and of course there's like, somebody starts axing into the basement, and then boom, we're in the present. We get the little boy Charlie in bed with his dino sheets and his dino jammies. Yeah, he's got a dinosaur and something else cool on his his side table. A shark, that's what it is. Just, oh. you know, your typical boy, like, hey, look at these cool things, sort of toys. Also, his room is way, way too well maintained for a kid his age. Well, you know, he's got a stay-at-home mom that cleans it for him. Oh. Well, no, she does work. Well, she works from home. Yeah. She does something with clients. (laughs) I think she's, uh, like, interior decorator or something. She seems to do something art-related on the computer. Yeah, because she's always, like, that movie, she's like, I have to do stuff for a client. Yeah, they, well, they, yeah, they don't bother to explain it too deeply because it's it's relatively unimportant. Yeah, so Charlie's like, "There was something outside my window. I'm gonna go sleep in your bed, mommy, until Daddy gets home." Because Daddy works at like the big fucking Gothic Cathedral University. Yeah, this is in New York, so I'm not sure which university this is. I I'm not familiar with the universities of New York City and its environs. No, I'm not really that familiar with them either. I didn't really go to them. Well, I hung around NYU sometimes, but this ain't NYU. This is some other university. It yeah. is very, very old looking. It looks a lot like some of the, like the lecture halls and like the library look a lot like uh, the libraries at like Cal and stuff where I went to, you know, UC Berkeley. Yeah. So, at least a couple hundred year old library in there. And he's a professor that works these midnight hours preparing for, for what? He's, okay, so professors, uh, they... The old adage is publish or perish. He's researching something to write another paper because you have to keep doing that shit or they don't fucking keep you around. Yeah, he's trying to make tenure. Yeah. But he's researching on the internet. 
Yeah. It's on like, like jstore.org, like, you know? <laughs> he must, yeah. Right. He, he might just enjoy the environment of being in the library there. I mean, you know, vibes and stuff. Some people, like, some people just take their laptops to the fucking library and go study and research and stuff the library. I see it all the time. Yeah, I did I when I was library. when I did when I was at the university. So some people just they just vibe on that. They they like the environment. So yeah. So he gets um his phone's almost dead, and that's his cue to go home. And when he gets home, his whole family's asleep. Puts the kid to to bed and has a little conversation about tomorrow's Halloween. What are you going to be, Daddy? He's like, oh, I don't know. It's going to be a surprise. And the kid's like, I'm going to be a pirate. (laughs) We're going to go out trick-or-treating, promise. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I promise, son. And you you get the feeling that this dad never keeps a promise. Nope. Working too hard to get that tenure. Yeah. Well, it's that or move universities again. Yeah. Who knows where he'll go? He'll go to fucking CSU Pueblo. Yeah. He'll be be in fucking University of Wyoming or some shit. Yeah. (laughs) And then so he checks outside for monsters, and he's like, there's no monsters, kid. And so, yeah, he complains to his wife. He's like, I don't know if I'm getting tenure or not. I gotta publish another article. He teaches old-ass poetry. Yeah, he teaches, like, horror literature. I don't even know what the fuck he teaches. Yeah, because another point, he's, he, well, it's Halloween, and he's doing, like, this, going over with this class. And it's like a crowded classroom that's really into what he's saying. Yeah, he seems like a fun, charismatic, like, professor, like, the kind of things, kind of guy students like. Yeah, he's doing a poem by Wolfgang Van Gogh. Yeah, the guy who wrote, the guy who wrote Faust. Yeah, he wrote Faust. He also wrote The Sorrows of Young Werther, which I've read a few times, which is like the dawn of romanticism. But this poem he's reading is called Earl Kong King or whatever. Yeah. Darling, my darling, I see it all right. Tis the age-gray willows deceiving thy sight. I love thee. I'm charmed by thy beauty, dear boy. And if thou art unwilling, then force I'll employ. My father, my father, he seizes me fast. For sorely the Earl King has hurt me at last. The father now gallops with terror half wild. He grasps in his arms the poor shuddering child. He reaches his courtyard with toil and with dread. The child in his arms finds he motionless, dead. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> Kyle. Who is this uh, Erling King and his creepy daughters? We don't know for sure. They might be creatures out of northern mythology, or some Celtic lore. Or they simply stepped out of Johann Wolfgang von Goethe's nightmares. <laughs> but when you go out tonight, spare a thought for Lovecraft. For Stoker, for Poe, and for Goethe's Earl King, because they were all bound by one great and noble objective, to scare the living shit out of you. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Which, okay, and I hate that the movie didn't go with this, because that's like a fictional character from like uh, Central European folklore, like the Elf King, who would lure young children to the land of the dead. Oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah. You know, and he tells the story. It's like, oh, no one knows what this creature is. He's just, you know, Celtic they lore. To, <laughs> they would have had to do something to set, to have a reason for that thing to be in New York. Well, like, like, like Leprechaun, where <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone had dragged it back from, actually, maybe the German professor. <laughs> 
Yeah, the German professor at this university. Maybe she could have brought it back with her, like the leprechaun. Yeah, we we see her later on. She's like, look, I found this old piece of wood with ancient Celtic writing on it. You know, so, but nothing comes of that. Right, that had... I, I was wondering if that was going to have any relevance. Nope, not <laughs> at all. And so, uh, you know, we go to Charlie, who's dressed as a pirate. He's got a painted-on eye patch. He's got, like, a toy blunderbuss that shoots darts. Yeah. The eye patch. He should have just gotten a real eye patch. He looks like a fucking target dog. <laughs> he does. And he's like, "We can't do this pumpkin until Daddy gets home." Mom's like, "Oh yeah, um, yeah, your dad coming home? Yeah, uh huh." Like she's used to it. Yeah. And the mom's like, "So what did you do in art class today?" Kid whips out his tablet. Yeah. Well. The, yeah. I mean, kids school these days crazy yeah kids like i painted this on my tablet and it's like some shadow monster yeah it's actually kind of creepy it is creepy so meanwhile back at the university nick cage is michael lawson gets some sort of letter and he goes to to talk about it with like that german professor i think his name is hannah hannah yes and that's when she's like look i found an old piece of wood this like 400 year old chunk of driftwood and he's like, thank you, Hannah, for the recommendation. I got tenure, you know, so she helped him get tenure. Yep. So now he's got time to, he doesn't have to worry about publishing anymore. <laughs> right. Whatever he was researching up there in the library at all hours, that, that article's dead now. Yeah, probably not going to get written. Yep, so he's trying to get a cab home, can't get home. So Charlie and Mom are out trick-or-treating on their own, which I don't know how you trick-or-treat in New York City. I, I don't either and i've never been there but it looked like it would be miserable yeah it's all just like apartment buildings so charlie sees a vulture up on some building because vultures are super common in new york in this movie they are yeah that should be the first sign that something weird is going on it's like where are these vultures coming from yeah and so they they make it back home in time to see dad there he's like Hey, look, I'm a cowboy. And oh, I do like I do like the line where he's like, "Next year, I'm, the kid's like, next year I'm going to be Robin Hood." He steals from the rich and gives the poor. That's very nice. But that's very noble of you. It's like, yeah, I'm sure he takes some off the top. Yeah, and I think he probably does. I mean, Robin and his merry men got to eat. They do. It's it's the cost of doing business. It's like running a nonprofit. You know, you still have to pay pay your employees. The company itself's not making any money, but the employees have to. Yeah, so there's a, a big Halloween carnival going on just around the corner from their house. And Charlie wants to go. Mom's like, no, no, no. So Mike's like, well, I'll take him. We'll only be there a half hour. And they go to this huge fucking carnival. Yeah, it is a hell of a carnival. Which was probably already happening. I don't think this movie had the budget for this carnival. No, this is probably just shot in an actual carnival. Yeah, which... I wouldn't doubt that exists in NYC. The only the Halloween when I was in New York City, I saw a Greenwich Village Halloween parade. Yeah, which was half Pride Parade. Yeah, I feel like that's that's common in areas that have Halloween parades. Is that they are they double as a Pride Parade most of the time? It's Pride in October. San Francisco, I think, because I think theirs is like that, like like in the, like in the Castro. I think they have a big Halloween parade, and I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure it doubles as a pride parade as well. Yep. And so Mike's carrying Charlie up on his shoulders. Charlie's got this video camera recording everything. And uh, 
they, they stop to get some ice cream. And while he's paying for the ice cream, you know, the kid sees a vulture and he's like, hey, dad, can we pay the ghost? Mike's like, huh, pay the what? And then, boom, fucking the kid's gone. <laughs> Much like in uh, Left Behind, kid's just gone. So Nick Cage is Nick Caging about screaming for his kid, checking yeah, every I- little kid. <laughs> This is it's now time. It's now time for Nick Cage to do his uh, usual unhinged acting. He's running around. Charlie, Charlie's gone. Charlie, you know, and he he finds the hat. He's like, "This is my son's hat. He's missing." And the fucking security guard is like, "Have you tried calling him?" And he's like, "He's <laughs> he's seven years old. He doesn't have a phone." Oh well, then maybe he just went home. Also, like, that was, this was a 2015 movie in 2023. Seven year olds. They have phones. Yeah, some do. But still, this security guard is not like, oh, where did you last see him? It's just like, oh, no cell phone? Maybe he went home. And Mike follows the advice. He's not getting paid that much. Yeah, so Mike follows the advice of fuck you security here to just run home and stop screaming Charlie. And Kristen's like, well, well, where's Charlie? Oh, I came home to see if he came home. Like, you just fucking left him there? Yeah. Like, because some dumbass security guard said maybe he went home? So now they're talking to the police. You know, and they're like, okay, we put out an Amber Alert. Way better than the shitty security guard they talked to. Yeah. And um, Kristen's like, how could you lose him? And she cries and he cries. And uh, we get some noir sax and a shot of the city at night. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then Mike hears some sounds upstairs and he goes looking and Charlie's there like all PTSD looking and he's like, do you see it at the window? And he goes and he looks out the window and big j- scary jump scare. Yeah, it was a reasonably effective jump scare. Yep. Just a dream sequence. There's no Charlie. Nope. And we go a whole full year later. Mike and Kristen are separated. He's living in his own little apartment where he's got a whole fucking conspiracy map with threads on his wall. And this is a Nick Cage movie, so you gotta separate him from his spouse so he can hit rock bottom and do Nick Cage things. Yeah, and it's it's three days to Halloween. <laughs> and so he's going around Manhattan hanging up his missing child posters. He thinks he hears Charlie yelling, Dad. And so he starts running around again going, Charlie! Charlie! He's calling Kristen, but she's working, doing stuff for a client. Yep. (laughs) And not taking his calls. And we see him at college, and he's just not into it as much. Yeah, his passion is is not there anymore. Hey, he made tenure and lost his kid. So. Yeah, that's a a bad time. Well, he doesn't have to give a shit anymore, and he literally doesn't give a shit anymore. He... He wants to, but he just can't. <laughs> he can't. There's, there's like, half as many kids in his class now. Yeah. And they look bored, and he's just droning on about, like, when Washington Irving wrote Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ben Stein's delivering a, a lecture. And then a bell rings, and I'm like, they don't, they don't have classroom bells in fucking university. Okay. We had... <laughs> Did we have anything at Cal? I don't know. That was so long ago. I mean, we would have it for, like, if there was an emergency, which there never was. Yeah, I don't think we had, like, a like an actual bell. Yeah, the, basically in college classes, the professor goes, Oh, shit, look at the time. I'll see you all later. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> see you next or Tuesday. The kid, or the kids just start walking out. <laughs> 
yeah, the kids just go, hey, 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 it's 10.45. Oh, is it that time already? Okay, okay. Well, you know, check the, the message board for your homework. Yeah. It's not like in the movies where they're, like, shouting out homework as the class is leaving. You know, oh, oh, just read what's on the syllabus online. Yeah. yeah. But now he goes to the police station, and everyone at the police station is like, oh, my God, it's this fucking guy again. You gotta imagine he's there, like, every day. Yeah. We have clients like that at the law office who just can't stop fucking calling. Like, every little thing is a, that's an emergency, it's an emergency. Well, you do, like, it's okay, what, what's your emergency? Personal injury? Yeah, personal injury, workers' compensation. It's an emergency. What's the emergency? Well, my doctor, my doctor wants me to uh, take this medication, so take the medication well i don't know if i should should i listen to my doctor yes <laughs> it's for workman's comp like if i take this medication i'll get better and have to go back to work though that's trust me that is definitely part of it there's also my favorite like uh so like these comp clients who will they'll stip stipulate their cases and so they keep getting they have open medical so the insurance company keeps paying their medical uh-huh but at a certain point, they they stop approving certain things, and then they start whining to us. Why won't they let me continue to take my opiates? Because <laughs> you're a fucking addict. That's why. Yeah. Get clean. But I need it for my pain. They, your pain management doctor should have been weaning you off this shit the whole time. You should have been weaned off three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Norco addiction or some shit. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think the insurance company wants to pay for your drug addiction. Yeah. So, Sorry. Back to the movie. Mike's at the police station, and like everyone's like, "Oh, this fucking guy." And he goes to see the uh, the, the main detective, who's like, "Jesus Christ, Mike! I'm working on this, okay?" Yeah, Mike's a complete asshole to this guy. <laughs> and Mike is, like, obsessively researching. He's like, I found out that on October 30th there was a sexual offender existing over here. <laughs> Have you looked into this one? Jesus, Mike, you can't just come into my office anytime you want to. On October 30th of last year, there was an offender. Colin O'Malley, he was released from Rikers Island. He served 15 years for kidnapping, abducted a neighbor's kid on 10th and Avenue A. I'll double check that. October 28th, Maxwell Porter was released from Sing Sing. They let this guy go Mike. three days before Charlie disappeared. He only did seven years. Mike. Seven years for abducting and molesting an eight-year-old boy on Stanton. I will double-check it, Mike. You'll double-check yes. it? Yes. Every, and I mean every registered offender in every borough and surrounding county has been double and triple-checked. Now, you know this. Now, I'll take a look at these names just in case we miss something. But the fact still remains that you're the last person to be seen with your son. Oh, my God. You keep pointing the finger at me because you haven't found jack shit all year. Well, in three days, it's Halloween again, and every child will be out, and every predator knows it, and one of them took my son. And this is what you guys do, isn't it? Because you're fucking lazy to do your jobs. Lazy? This is Charlie's file, Mike, and this is just what's on paper. Computers got at least 20 times that. Each week, I put it out over NCIC, Child Abuse Squad, Human Trafficking, FBI. I am in constant contact with all of them. NYPD may be a lot of things, Mike, but one thing we are not is lazy. Now, is there anything else? Find my son. And my note there is like, well, yeah, Halloween is the sexual predator's time of year. True. 
Like, if you're into that and you're going to kidnap a kid, that's like the time. It's true. We've got uh, the, I don't remember the actor's name, but the actor who plays the detective plays the detective in the Saw movies. Yes, he is. What was his name? I have it here. This is just his his jam, I guess, playing the detective in the uh, weird horror movie. Lyric Bent is the actress' name. I actually like him in this movie. And like yeah, him. he's fine here. He's yeah. good in Saw. I liked him in the Saw movies. Yeah, he's, he's Even good. Even though he was in the, the shitty-ass parts of the Saw franchise. He was in 2. 2 is decent. 2's good. Yeah. three's okay. Yeah, three's alright. Well, then once you get going through 4 or 5, you know, Spiral's Socks. got issues, but I kind of like Spiral. And then I, there's Socks. Yes, there's socks. <laughs> Let's take this uh, show down to Mexico. Mike rages at the police, calls them all lazy. And he goes yep. outside and he sees Charlie on the bus, still dressed as a pirate. And he fucking Nicolas Cage chases down this bus and runs on the bus going, Charlie! Charlie! But Kid ain't on the bus. <laughs> oh, Kid ain't on the bus. And then he sees some graffiti on a wall that says, pay the ghost. And some vultures just hanging out <laughs> in front of it. So he goes to investigate it. Seems, legit. Seems so, legit. Yep. He wanders into this homeless camp. Yeah, he's got a little kind of an underground sort of post-apocalyptic looking Hooverville here. Yeah. He's just like, what does pay the ghost mean? What does it pay the ghost mean? Nobody wants to talk to him. Right. And then there's like this unearthly wail, like this screaming woman. And this blind dude is like, whoop, cover the fires, everyone. Yeah, we have a a blind prophet. Yeah. So apparently this is also a regular thing. Just this this wailing woman. Yeah, they like to hang out near the banshee. Yeah, and Michael literally, like, literally it's literally a banshee, just as a spoiler. Like Yeah, literally. <laughs> we got the Celtic thing. Yeah, she's literally a banshee. Yeah, so Mike's like, what, what was that? And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. Just the banshee lives in our homeless shelter. Whatever, man. Just deal with it. Yeah, this this time of year, she's you know, she's doing the thing. Just just let her go. And so the blind man, you know, he's like, oh, oh, he's, but what does pay the ghost mean? And he takes Mike over to a wall where it just says pay the ghost over and over again. Which yeah. I don't know how the blind man knows that. Yeah, maybe someone told him. Yeah. Like, hey, man. This wall says fucking pay the ghost like 60 times. Yeah. And so Mike is all like, what does it mean? And they're like, we're, we're going to have to ask you to leave now, sir. That's literally what they tell him. And they escort him out of the homeless camp. He meets with Kristen and he's like, hey, I think Charlie's alive somewhere because I've been hallucinating him and I talked to this blind homeless man. Yeah. He sounds a little bit crazy. Yeah. And she's like, you know. He's gone because you didn't protect him at the carnival, you motherfucker. Yeah, she uh, she's had a lot of... She's not processing this well. And he's not, not either. He's hallucinating. She's still blaming... She's still in the blame phase of grief. Yeah, so he's uh back in his apartment. He's watching the video that Charlie took that night at the carnival. Then he turns the camera off, but then it turns back on on its own. It's all staticky and showing, like... Some old house in the middle of nowhere with all these kids inside. And one of them's got, like, it's a friggin' sack boy kid. Yeah. And then Kristen is sleeping at the the house, and she hears creepy sounds and uh, a scooter rolling on its own. So Kristen comes to see Mike, and she's like, I think you're right. I think Charlie's trying to reach out to us. What was that dude's name in Pet Cemetery? The the ghost? Oh, um, 
Pascal. Pascal, yeah. Victor Pascal. Pascal. Has the Pascal. It's like Charlie Charlie having to do his best Pascal. It's like you gotta try harder with your mom, man. Like you convinced your dad, but yeah, you got to push your mom a little further because she's still doubting. So he's like, well, I found in my research here that, um, you know, on most states, you know, these are all the kids that went missing every day, you know, name a, name a day. And on most of these days, the kids are recovered. But only on Halloween, only about half of those kids are ever recovered. So let's go into these these kids that never came home. And they go to talk to the dad of a girl named Alexis Maldonado, who went missing yep. like two years ago. And it's just some junky dad living in filth. Yeah, he's um, he's falling on hard times. Yeah, he's like, give me some money. I gotta pay the ghost. Yep. You know, and he's like, right before Alexis disappeared, she asked, can we pay the ghost? And then a year later, I was hallucinating her, but then it stopped. Now I just sit here with my heroines. Yep. No, not a... I wanted to ask you about your daughter. You see, our son is missing too. Just give me some fucking money, man. He was taken last year on Halloween. Gracias, amigo. I gotta pay the ghost. <laughs> Did your daughter say that? Was there that bodega? She said to me, "Papa, podemos pagar nuestros al fantasma? Can we pay the ghost?" Always distracted. I can't remember. She's in front of me. Next thing I know, she's she's just gone. And one year after, I started to hear things. And then I see her, it just flashes. It's real quick, but she's there. It's her, I know it's her. What happened? It stopped. Just like that. And so Mike is like, this is hard, solid evidence. Let me go to the detective. And the detective is like, what the fuck is this, you know? But the detective gives it some thought. He's like, you're right. The kids that go missing on Halloween never do come back. So he goes to investigate a kid that disappeared the previous year. Yeah. This uh, Chinese kid named Mia. And so he's talking to the mom at her Chinese restaurant. He's like, it says in the notes that your daughter was talking about some sort of phantom right, right before she disappeared. And the, the Chinese lady, Mrs. Wen, is like, Oh, I'm so glad you come. I've been hallucinating my child lately. Yeah. You know, who says, Mama saved me from the ghost. And then the kitchen explodes. Yeah, because there's fire and the ghost. Not a fan of fire, as we find out. Yeah, and just like fire everywhere. They managed to put it out. Meanwhile, Mike is preparing dinner with Kristen. Like, they decide to live together again. Yep. And there's music playing. Because I guess she's like, it wasn't your fault. A ghost took our child. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're mending. The, the bridges are being mended as they realize some weird shit that's going on. Yeah. And so Mike is up. All, all the, the lights are flickering. It's spooky shit. They're here. Yeah, he looks outside and sees, like, some sackhead kids catching fire. Yep. Uh, 
And then there's just a fucking ton of ghost kids in his house. That was a pretty creepy fucking shot, not gonna lie. It is a creepy shot, yeah. There's actually a lot of really good creepy imagery in this movie that even put me on my... I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's intense. Yeah, so they're like, well, let's get a psychic. Yeah. Even though Mike is like, oh, those people are frauds, they still get the psychic anyway, who comes with her own storm. <laughs> <laughs> like, the clouds start forming right over the apartment as she pulls up to it, and she's like, a vibe with the ghosts. I, f- I just feel their, their energy, you know? Um, Like that fucking psychic from that last week's tales from the crypt <laughs> yeah like madame vorna <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she's right and she's like so she's going around the house vibing and she's like oh i feel some some signal up here you know by this window she's like oh it has all the children she opens the window and it's choked out by the wind yeah or something she gets fucking wrecked <laughs> yeah and, and her body's, like, up against the wall and then falls down and it's it's sizzling. Yeah, I guess she was real. Couldn't handle the psychic energy. Yeah. So the storm is gone. The police are taking this body out. Mike's like, well, I don't know, detective. <laughs> the psychic just died in our house. Yeah, that's um, that's a bit tough. That's a bit of a tough sell. So he's like, well, we'll, we'll find out more after the autopsy. And he's like, don't leave town. And I'm like... I don't think he was planning on it anyway. They're pretty deep into that investigation. Yeah. I don't think they're leaving the city. So Mike finds Kristen up in Charlie's room. She's humming this creepy thing and speaking in Charlie's voice with like, I'm cold, Dad. And then he sees that she's cutting herself up with scissors. Yeah. We're in the morgue with the dead psychic who's about to do the autopsy and there's spooky shit. The corpse exhales some death. Yep. And my thought is, is that normal? Because the, the corner is just like, eh. <laughs> like, does that just happen a lot? Yeah. And apparently, like, her body is completely burned on the inside. Like, all of her organs are just ash. Yeah. Meanwhile, deep into this investigation, Hannah, the, the like, head professor, the German professor. Right. Is like, I learned some stuff that back in 1679, there was a... Uh, Oh, yeah, it's because Kristen carved a Celtic symbol in her arm. That's what she was doing yeah, with the scissors. The mother maiden crone symbol. Yeah. Well, I guess it's maiden mother crone. I don't know if it's legit or not. Well, I mean, that is part of the, that is part of myth. That is part of a myth, right? The, the triad, the fates, and then Celtic has Celtic myth has the, the maiden, the mother, and the crone. That is something that is part of the mythology. I mean, you see it in Macbeth. Oh, that's right. You example. do. But so, yeah, there was like an Irish settlement there in New York in 1679. There was an influenza epidemic. They blamed this this Celtic woman, and then they burned her alive. And she's like, if you want to know more, there's a little Celtic community that lives down there in Tribeca. And so go 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 talk to them. You know, so there's like this Celtic festival going on. They're playing a song, and it's like Sawain. Yeah, so and yeah. Yeah, and they're telling this Celtic lady, like, tell us more, you know, give us all this, like, what does this sign mean? And she's like, look, I'm just a school teacher. This is just for fun. Yeah, th- this is LARPing, okay? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> but but since you ask, I do know all the Celtic shit. So she, yeah, she gives them the this Cliff Notes version of, of some of the lore. 
Yeah, that like, oh, you pay the ghost with your child, so that's why these children offer burnt dolls as an offering. Um, that so we got little full core elements coming in here. Yeah, only the children that were taken the previous year can reach out. After that, they're they're just ghost kids forever. Yep. And there's like, oh, there's the crone, the crying woman that that comes and screams at the homeless people every Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the banshee? <laughs> yeah, the banshee. Who we learned her name was Annie Sockwood. Yeah. From the opening of the movie that, like, they were burning her alive because they thought she caused the influenza epidemic. And they decided to burn her kids alive, too. Yep, because uh, we had some real winners. So she's like, I'm going to get revenge. So every Halloween, she comes as a ghost and steals three children. So once again, we have another revenge movie. I don't think I've seen you folks here before. We were wondering about the song. Can you tell us about it? Of course. It's the portal song. It's played during Samhain. It's meant to honor and welcome the spirits. This place was home to the first Samhain celebration in the country. The first Halloween. Our son was abducted last year on Halloween. I'm sorry to hear that. For almost a year after he disappeared, there was nothing. Then two days ago, we began to hear his voice. Moments when we could see him. I'm just a school teacher from Bayside. We get together here every Halloween for fun. I'm truly sorry, but I don't know anything about your son. No, no, please. No, wait, please, can you tell us about the Celtic goddess? I, I did something to myself last night without having any memory of it. Oh, no. You recognize the symbol? This is the waxing moon. You can tell because the crescent faces left. It means maiden. In the waning moon, the crescent faces right. It means chrome. It's the most devastating of all the pagan symbols. Why? It is said that hate made her forget her true nature as a mother. Could she have taken herself? It is believed that there was one day a year when the crone could take someone to the other side the final day of Samhain, when the boundary between the two worlds dissolves and she returns to take three children on Halloween night. So the crone is a ghost, and you pay the ghost with your child. That's why the children burn dolls tonight. It's an offering, so they won't be taken. So, if our son was taken, does that mean that he's dead? All I can tell you is that at the beginning of Samhain, as the door between the two worlds slowly opens, only the children taken the previous year can still reach out to this world, and they are the only ones who can be saved. But only until midnight, that's when the portal between the two worlds closes again. Two hours. But they were like, oh yeah, look at all the missing children, that like only half of them ever come back. Yeah, but she only steals three. So. <laughs> she only that steals only, three. That should only put your number slightly, slightly off of them. <laughs> Within a standard deviation, probably, of other days. Unless there's, like, other Celtic ghosts doing shit. <laughs> she, I don't know, maybe there, maybe there are other... Well, you mentioned that uh, that one that one being he was doing in the story. Maybe that one's stealing kids. Yeah, may, maybe he kidnaps, like, 15 kids. You know, she's pretty paltry with her three. And while they're talking about this, their cab just fucking hits a vulture. <laughs> Yeah, the vulture suicides itself into the fucking cab. <laughs> and um, and then meanwhile, Hannah 
and it fucking gets yeeted out of the Gothic University. Yeah, she she delved a little too deep, and the ghost decided to just yeet her out of the university. And it's such really goofy looking CG. Yeah, it's it's pretty mid. Not it's going. like this fucking cartoon body flying through the sky. It's not the worst CG I've seen in a movie, but it's not good. Yep. So Mike goes to the carnival, and we see the ghost up on a rooftop scoping out this year's picks. Yeah, kind of a little bit of the crow shit. Not not uh, not digging this scene too much. Yeah. So he goes to the. What the hom- are you doing up there? <laughs> he goes to the homeless camp. Um, and finds the blind guy. And yeah, everyone else is gone because yeah. because uh, the world is now thin between life and death, which is that is a that that is the belief for with when it comes to Halloween. Dia de los Muertos that oh. the that the veil is thin between life and death. So he's asked the homeless man. He's like, "Well, hey, can you can you take me to some kind of portal to the other side?" And uh, the hobo is like, "I got you, fam." We got a fucking portal to hell right here in the corner of our fucking homeless camp. It's like, here's the gate. This is where the the worlds blend together. But uh, you got about a couple hours. Yeah, you got to be back before midnight or you're just stuck there. So he crosses this bridge into the land of the dead with vultures attacking him. Kind of a cool shot with like a storm going on below the bridge. It is a neat looking bridge thing. It is. Uh, it's got. Some creepy vibes to it. It looks good. It's actually a pretty good looking scene. So he's back in 1679. He sees, you know, Annie burning and screaming, you will pay! Yeah, saying some stuff in Gaelic, presumably, that the subtitles didn't bother translating. No, they didn't. You ain't gonna get that on Tubi. No, too much work for Tubi. And so he goes to the, the cabin where all the kids were, and just it's all the, the missing kids. Just a hell of a lot of kids. My favorite scene is, uh, yeah, that's this like, man, that's a lot of creepy kids. He goes, Charlie, and they all raise their hand, and all I can think of is the fucking scene from Spaceballs, where he goes, how many assholes do we have on here anyhow? And there's like a bunch of us, yo, basically every kid in there, yo. Yeah, and so he goes around just feeling, because only the, the kids that went missing the last year can be saved. So right. most of these are just dusty-ass ghost kids, and his hands go right through them. But then he finally finds Charlie. And he's like, let's get out of here, Charlie. And my note's like, what about the other two kids that went missing that year? Well, they're right there next to him. They're right there. We get Mia and Pablo. They're like, us too? And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll save you too. It's like, all right, we got to all get out of here then. So they're they're running across the bridge and the, the, the ghost woman is, is trying to stop him. Yep. And he shows up and does ghost things. Yep. She yeets Mike away. And then Charlie yells at the other ghost kids to help him, and so all the other ghost kids come and just start to get to beat the shit out of Annie. Yeah, they swarm her and apparently destroy her, and everyone goes off to their final afterlife. Yeah, and they make it back to the land of the living, like, just in time. And I'm like, is that all they needed? They just needed someone to go, oh yeah, you know what, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just go. <laughs> I never, never thought about that before, that we could revolt. Yeah, the ghosts are like, yeah, hey! Been here for 350 years, I didn't even think about it. (laughs) You know, so they're all home and happy. You know, he brings Charlie home, and Kristen's like, Charlie, where were you? Oh, I was at the fair. Like, he doesn't remember anything. Probably for the best. 
Yeah, but then there's vultures hanging outside. Eating Hannah's corpse. Yeah. Just eating Hannah's corpse for no reason. And then she opens her eyes. Also, I love that no one seems to have noticed the missing professor and her body impaled below the university for some reason. Yeah. So, what do you think of this movie? I actually like this movie. It's a lot of fun. And it's, like, got some decent tension and some cool creepy shots. And, look, I'm a sucker for ghost stories. So, it, it gets just... It's a ghost story. It's a fun ghost story. Some creepy shit. You get to see some bad Nick Cage acting and uh, some a little mix of folk horror. In. And I like that they managed to tell a ghost story in New York City of all places. Like most ghost stories are like, ooh, haunted mansion in the middle of fucking nowhere. And this was like, no, middle of the fucking city. The the, the haunted place is in a homeless encampment below the surface of the city. Yeah, it's better than like. These so many horror movies where this family buys this big giant house in the middle of nowhere, where it's usually like a a blue collar dad and an unemployed mom. Yeah, <laughs> buying yeah, this 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 is an urban ghost story, which is kind of kind of different for for a horror film. You don't usually see it done that way. Yeah, well, I mean, you do get some that have like shitty ass apartment buildings. Yeah, but it's just cool because it's like it doesn't. But this one—it's not in a shitty ass apartment building. Yeah, and it plays into like colonial New York. Yeah, it's it's sort of like poltergeist but instead of a, a native burial ground. It's a you know a site where <laughs> an old poor Celtic woman and her children burnt to death. Yeah, back in the 17th century. So I kind of I like that the tribe was trying to do something interesting. It had some genuinely creepy imagery. Uh, some pretty bad CGI at some point. Obviously, Nick Cage is taking the paycheck, but. I don't know, it was fun. This is a late late morning, right before noon coffee. Yeah, this is a pick-me-up. This is like, yeah. ah, feels better now. It's been a long morning. Yeah, uh, when it's like a Monday morning. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so fun. I, I liked it better than I thought I was going to like it. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as like lame as <laughs> last year's movie. I was like, man, I kind of picked a watchable film. What the fuck? Yeah, this was better than Halloween Pussy Trap. Yeah, sorry. Actually, oh, yeah. like, yeah, all you pussy trap fans out there. Hey, if you you know, I mean, but pussy trap does have those Dave Mustaine <laughs> kind of his voice, Dave Mustaine's voice, <laughs> the disembodied voice of Dave Mustaine. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, anything else on Pay the Ghost? Um, I didn't need uh them to set up for a sequel. Uh, and I'm not really interested in the sequel, but I had fun watching this movie. So, what, where Hannah's yeah. corpse awakens, possessed? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see pay the ghost to Hannah's revenge. I really don't. No, me neither. Which thankfully they never made. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's pay the ghost. Uh. Next, our our bonus episode is a, a well known Halloween classic for our second episode. Yeah. Um. It's a movie that has a lot to do with Halloween, so much that it's called Halloween. It is, in fact, just called Halloween. Yeah, it's just called Halloween. Um, yeah, I'm sure our listeners can guess which one it is. <laughs> and it's the first one. And next week, vampires? Question, question mark? mark? Yeah, question mark. Vampires? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Vampire It. <laughs> yeah. Watch vampire-adjacent films. <laughs> vamp-, vamp It. <laughs> vamp-, vamp It. That's a completely different show. <laughs> All right, we will catch you then, everybody. Good night. Good night.